I wanted to bring you a, a message series that's really also refreshing for you, something that kind of is geared towards you. And uh, because here's the thing, we can't push the accelerator all the time. I mean, this is not Talladega Nights. We're not Ricky Bobby. We, come on, we got we to gotta let up every once in a while. Come on, right? So, so we got to let off the accelerator, and we've got to just, we just got to get in God's speed sometimes. So that's what this series is about. And here's what I've come to know, is that, um, is that we grow and we get closer to God at our comfort level. We get closer to God at, the, at our comfort level. And so if you... If you really uh, appreciate something about God, you'll, you'll lean into it, right? Let me say it this way. If you understand something, you will be more likely to accept that thing. If you understand it, then you'll embrace it. But if you don't understand it, you'll keep an arm's distance. You'll be like, ah, I, don't, I don't know. This is a little strange. I'm not so sure. And so what we wanted to do was just really talk about some, some things that, uh, some branding issues that Christianity has, and here's what I mean by that, is that there are misconceptions about God that keep people from God. Y'all following? There are things that people think about God that keep them from getting close to God. So in this series, we just want to dispel those myths about God and just kind of level the playing field and say that maybe what you thought about God is not really the way he is. Maybe this is actually that and not that. You tracking with me? So... Um, our theme verse actually comes from a time in the scripture where God was pouring out his spirit. He was moving powerfully and people were making fun of Christians because they didn't understand what was going on. Let me give you a little context. It's Acts chapter two. But before this, uh, Jesus has come to the earth. He lived a blameless life. Jesus lived 33 years without sinning. Come on. That's pretty awesome right there. And he, he gives his life on the cross for us. That's the sacrifice that paid for our sins. He dies a, 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 a blameless death. Shouldn't have never been crucified, but he was. And it paid for our sins. They bury him for three days. And three days later, he gets up out the grave. All right, that's, that's pretty awesome too, but kind of spooky because for the next 40 days, he just started popping in people's homes, appearing to people. The Bible says 500 people, it's recorded 500 people saw Jesus after he died. Like he got out of the grave and was, was just meeting with people. Like, what's up, bro? Like, it's weird. It's cool, though. Well, after, after, he, he, after he's doing that for 40 days, he ascends to heaven, okay? Uh, you can read about this in the early part of Acts. And so before he ascends to heaven, he tells the disciples, I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to wait there until you receive the Holy Spirit, until you are endued with power from on high, okay? And so they go there and 10 days later on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is poured out in such a fresh and powerful way. It's, it's powerful, it's demonstrative, and to some it was strange, right? It was strange. And so what happens is the people in Acts chapter 2 the people were amazed and perplexed. Have you ever been that way before? Like, like, dude, that's awesome. Wait, what? That, I, I mean, that's, that's cool. Hold on a second. How did you do that? That's what that means. They were amazed and perplexed, and they asked one another, what does this mean? Now, I, I watched a, a YouTube video years ago about this guy who saw a double rainbow. Come on, anybody have seen that before? And he... He sees this double rainbow, and he, I don't know what he was smoking, but man, he starts crying over the double rainbow. 
And he's going, it's a double rainbow. Oh, it's so bright and vivid. What does this mean? It's starting to look like a triple rainbow. So when I see that, I just think about that guy. Just look him up. You'll get a good laugh. Uh, Pretty good. So what does it mean, they say? And then some, however, made fun of the Christians. They made fun of them and they said, man, they just had too much to drink. That's the problem. They just had too much to drink. And so what, what I want you to know is that you will, more than likely, you will criticize things you don't understand. If you don't understand it, you'll be like, ah, I don't know about all that. They're crazy. That's, that's, a little, that's a little too far. And so the next verse, I want to do what Peter did. Peter stood up with the 11 and he raised his voice and he addressed the crowd and he said, hey, fellow Jews, all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Now, if we were in East Tennessee, we'd say, let me explain it. We're going to explain this to you today. Let me explain this to you. And listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose, it's only nine o'clock in the morning, but it's five o'clock somewhere. That, he did not, they did not say that. Just had a little fun. We got to laugh a little bit in church, have some fun. No, Peter says, no, 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 no. This is actually that. And so a lot of people, when it came to the, came to, uh, the Messiah back in those days, they believed that ma- the Messiah was actually going to set up an earthly kingdom and he was going to overthrow Rome and the Roman Empire and that he would free the, the Jews once and for all and they would, they would be free. That, they believed that's the way the Messiah was going to come and that's not how he came. Jesus was born in a major, manger uh, instead of a palace. And so this is, this is not what you thought it was. No, this is actually that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. And so what I want to do in this series is kind of just kind of bring to light some things that we may have thought about God or thought about Jesus or the Holy Spirit and say, no, maybe it's not that at all. Maybe it's actually this over here. And so here's what I need you to do is just give me a clean slate, okay? Because we're going to cover four topics over the next few weeks and just give me a clean slate, throw out your preconceived ideas, your, your notions, your, your misconceptions, and just come with an open heart ready to receive that, that there may be something I learned about God or was told about God that really isn't biblical. Could, could, we, could we just say, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do that? Okay, all right, they're good. A couple of you said yes, so we're good. All right, we're good. Now... Nothing heretical, okay? We're just saying maybe, maybe this is not this, maybe it's that. So what we're going to do is over the four weeks, we're going to cover topics like praise and worship. Like, man, why do, y'all, why do y'all sing like that? Y'all sing for 15 minutes and everybody's got to stand up and then you clap after every song and, and then, you know, some people shout and some people lift their hands and like, what, why is all that? Like, Pastor Ben, why do you dance over here on the front row? I, I, I would, I'm, I'm getting my exercise rings, y'all. My, actually, my, my watch went off in the first service and said, uh, would you like to start your indoor run? Because it, it sensed that I was, I was running, I guess. I was just getting with it, worshiping. Why do we do that? And then there's the, there's the topic we're going to cover on healing. Like, why, why does... I, I pray for some people, they get healed. I pray for other people, and they don't get healed. But they really do. It's just a heavenly healing. Come on, somebody. So why is that? Here, and I want to just spoil, spoil it for you that God is still in the miracle working business. He has not closed up shop, amen? amen. And then we're gonna cover a topic called, uh, that, that some, of, some of the world is really in an uproar about this word, prosperity. 
they're in an uproar over it because they've seen a, a gross misuse of it in the church world. And you say, well, Pastor Ben, are we a prosperity gospel church? Not in, not in the sense that the world knows. So, so what we believe about prosperity is that God prospers us so that we can be a blessing to other people. Come on, not so that we can hold it tight and, and build our own little kingdom. No, he wants us to hold it with open hands to be a blessing to the world around us. Can I get an amen there? So just, just um, if you would, all, I, all I'm asking you to do is just give me a blank slate, a blank page, because today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Now, um, we're all comfortable with God the Father. I mean, he, he's the creator of all things. We're comfortable with Jesus because we can't even get to heaven without Jesus, right? But I don't know about the Holy Ghost now. Come on. Hmm. I, I heard some things about the Holy Ghost. I don't even know, Pastor Ben, I don't like ghosts. Come on, I don't like ghosts. I don't know about all of that. So we're going to talk about that and just see what the Bible has to say about the Holy Spirit. And the sad thing is that a lot of us, we, we have been afraid of the Holy Spirit. We've been afraid of, 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 of who he is. All right, and, and for some of us, for some of you in the room today, you've, you've even based your theology on an experience that you had in a church, and you said, I'm not, I don't want any of that, right? And then some of you, you've you based your, your decision off of what you saw on, on te- television, or maybe for some of you, you, you just say, I just don't like ghosts, Pastor Ben, I just don't like ghosts, okay? And, and I want to bring some clarity to who the Holy Spirit is, because so, if you understood him, I think you would want him. If you understood the Holy Spirit, I think you would want the Holy Spirit. Can I get a better amen right there? You'll want him if you can understand him. So here we go. Let me first tell you who he is not, okay? There's a lot of, a lot of thoughts about who he is. Let me just tell you who he is not. In your notes, if you're taking notes, write this down. He is not an it. He's not an it. Uh, he's actually a person. He's a him, okay? A him, a person. He is... The one of the, he's part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, right? So he's, he is what we call the Trinity. He's, he is partly God. He's God the Holy Spirit. Now, we, if you see the Holy Spirit as, as an it, if you see him as a cosmic force, if you see the Holy Spirit as someone who, like, who, who just kind of is, is this being, then you will relate to him differently. But if you see the Holy Spirit as... A person, you will relate to him personally. I must say that part again because I want you to get it. If you see him as a force, you'll relate to him differently. But if you see him as a person, you'll relate to him personally. And I want you to relate to him personally. Imagine if you introduced your kids as it. Hey, I'd love for you to meet Bobby. It goes to school at West Foundation. Yeah, it really loves to play soccer. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you something. It gets on my nerves sometimes. Or if you introduced your husband as it. Hey, m- meet my husband. It works over at Walmart. Yeah, I'll tell you what. It is a really good dad. Come, come on, man. Like, you would never introduce your kids or your family or anybody as an it. And so I would just say, let's, let's come to realize and understand and maybe except that the Holy Spirit's not an it, but he's a person, and you can relate to him personally. So the word spirit is not a great translation. In our English words, English language, we, 
sometimes it's hard to translate from Hebrew or Greek. And the Greek word for spirit is pneuma. Pneuma. And it literally means a blast of breath. Right? Let me give it to you in a real simple definition. It's wind in your sails. That's what the Holy Spirit is. He's wind in your sails. He's power to do what, what you've been called to do. Hey, on a hot Texas day, isn't it nice to have a, a breath of fresh air? Isn't it nice to have a breeze coming through? Come on, somebody. We in Wichita Falls, it's 100 degrees, not today, but sometimes like we need a breath of fresh air. We need a, we need a fresh wind blowing through. That's what the Holy Spirit is. He's wind in our sails. So um, he's not spooky. He's not, he's, he's not uh, like you can't see him, like you can't see the wind. You can't see the Holy Spirit, but he's there. Amen? All right, so he's not an it, but number two, he's not weird. You're weird. People are weird. People get weird, but the Holy Spirit is not weird. And, and it's, it's funny because um, I've, I've sensed just a little bit of a, a hush among the crowd today. Like, or is he going to do an altar call at the end of this? Like, what's going to happen? What's going to, like, because you've got preconceived ideas about the Holy Spirit, right? So he's not weird. Let me, let me kind of elaborate on this. Um, we're the weird ones. People, I, I can be weird sometimes. But the Holy Spirit's not weird. But you can't let the way people act keep you from a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Don't let the way people, people act keep you from embracing the Holy Spirit. In fact, I think most people don't have a problem with his power. They have a problem with the packaging. The way that people have presented him in times past. Can I get a witness there? So, so this is where when we start talking about the Holy Spirit, people start wondering like, like, am I going to have to start playing a tambourine in church or like, am I going to run the aisles? I mean, what's going to happen? Do I have to wear uh, more makeup or maybe no makeup or put a bun on my hair or long dress, three-piece suit? What's going to happen if I accept the Holy Spirit? What's going to happen? I don't want that. Am I going to be some sort of giddy groupie that runs from revival to revival? No. No. That's not what the Holy Spirit is, is, is for in our lives. So... You can't throw everything away just, be, just because some people packaged it in a, in a weird or crazy way. Can I get a good amen there? All right. So in John 14, this is John 13, 14, 15, 16. It's, it's the part of Jesus' story where he is at the, the Last Supper and, and it ends with the crucifixion. And sometime between then and, and one night, he has a conversation with his disciples about the Holy Spirit. And so I thought that if we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, we should see what Jesus had to say about it, okay? Let's start there about what Jesus has to say about the Holy Spirit. And this is a conversation that happened in one night, several chapters long. So if you're taking notes, I want to give you four things Jesus is. Who, he, who, he, who is he? I'll tell you four things. Number one, he is my inner voice. Not, not the kind of voice that's like, I got voices talking to me. It's, no, not, not like that. No, I'm talking about an inner voice that says, hey, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Hey, hey, why don't you, why don't you go this way? And I, I've got something greater for you than, than the way that you're headed right now. That's what I'm talking about. In fact, I, I shared with my boys this week, I, I gave them this message, just the four points. And when I, when I told them about the inner voice, I, I said, hey, have you ever been in a situation where you were about to do something that you knew just it wasn't right and you'd get in trouble for that thing but something inside of you said 
Mm-mm-mm. I don't know. I don't know if I'd do that if I were you. And they go, yeah, yeah, I've had that happen before. That's the Holy Spirit. He's, he's your inner voice to, to lead you and to guide you. And, and here's what happens. John 16 Jesus says, when he comes, he will convict you. This word convict is a good word. It's a good word. He'll convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. Now, Satan comes to condemn. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. By the way, he wants, he's the voice in your, in your head that tells you you're worthless, you're no good, you'll always be this way, you'll never amount to anything. That's the voice of condemnation. But the voice of the Holy Spirit says, come on, man, you're better than this. Let me help you back up. Here's a second chance. You need a third, fourth, fifth chance? Come on, let me walk with you in this moment. That's the voice of the, the inner voice of the Holy Spirit who's convicting us and telling us there is a better way and and while I haven't been on social media like like I've, I've done away with it on my phone I can only access it on my computer because I just there's too much time on it but but when I had it on my phone I would be tempted sometimes to just tell the world about things that really didn't matter and the Holy Spirit would say I wouldn't say that if I were you <laughs> right I don't know if I would do that, and, and sometimes the Holy Spirit would use my wife to tell me that. I wouldn't say that. I, I, no, just don't, don't even post that, right? It doesn't matter. The Holy, when I'm sending that email, and the Holy Spirit says, hey, why don't you just delete that? Come on, you, you don't, there's no point in sending that. He'll do that. He'll lead you. He'll, he'll speak to you as an inner voice. So he'll even speak to you in a service like this. Do you believe that? He'll, he'll speak to you things that I'm not saying. In fact, I get credited a, a lot for things that I don't say. People say, man, that was really good when you said this. And I'll be like, I'm pretty sure I didn't say that. It happens. And they'll, they'll say, yeah, when you said this. And I'm like, it wasn't in my notes. I've never used those words together in a sentence in my life. That wasn't me. That was the Holy Spirit filtering what I'm saying to you in a way that applies to you. Come on, he, he's, he's an inner voice. Uh, First Corinthians Paul says it this way, that, that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So you can't even really become a Christ follower unless the Spirit draws you to him. So here's the way that plays out in a service, is that um, here in a few minutes, I'm going to say, hey, everybody bow your heads, close your eyes. And in that moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give Jesus your life. And when I'm, when I'm sharing that part of the, the message, I call it the response time, when I do that... I'm going to ask you to, to, to just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to give him your life. And I'm going to say, hey, on the count of three, if that's you, if you're ready to go all in with Jesus, if he's speaking to you, you'll know it because your heart, well, your heart rate will increase. You'll know it because you, you, there's, there's, you, you hear the inner voice say, He's talking to you, man. You need to raise your hand. Today's the day for life change. You'll hear that. You'll feel that. You'll sense that. He is your inner voice, and you got to respond to him, all right? All right, so he's my inner voice, number one. Number two, he's my teacher. He's my teacher. Jot that down. He's my teacher. So you can, what, what this really means is that you can get revelation from the Bible without going to Bible school. That's good news, by the way. Like, you don't have to go to seminary to get a word from God. You don't have to go to seminary to be able to understand the word of God. You don't have to do that. But I will say, uh, a selfish break, you could join the Leadership Academy. Come on, that, that'll help you, all right? Which, by the way, our next startup party is Tuesday. Selfish plug, sorry. Selfish plug, Tuesday, 6.30. If you, want, if you want to grow in your walk with the Lord... Come on, that's a great way to do it. But you, you don't have to go to Bible school to understand the word of God. 
the Holy Spirit inside of you will teach you. And here's what the scripture says in John 14, that the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you. All, he'll teach you all things. He'll remind you of everything I have said to you. Okay, he's gonna teach us. And in 1 John, it says, but the, First John says, but, but you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. So, so you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will teach you the truth. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. Now, what he's not saying is that you shouldn't learn and that you shouldn't grow. He's not saying that. But he's saying as you do learn and grow, because you have the Holy Spirit in you, when you hear something that is true, the Holy Spirit will say, ding, 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 hey, that's right. That, that's good. He'll, he'll acknowledge that in you. But if you hear something that's untrue, the Holy Spirit will quicken you. And he'll say, I don't know about that, man. I, don't, I, I, th I think that's off base. He'll teach you everything you need to know. So he wants to teach you, but you've got to invite him in. You can't just be like, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm going to give you a trial basis. If you, don't, if you don't mess things up, I'll let you stay. Right? You can't do that. You get, it's, it's all or nothing, same as salvation. Uh, you don't, like, he, he's, he's, he is for us, and he wants to teach us, but we've got to invite him in. One of the practical ways that you can let him teach you, though, is through the one-year Bible. One-year Bible. It's something that uh, I've been reading for several years now. You read the Bible all the way through in one year. In fact, there's a guy in our church that he's already read it through in six months, and he had never read the Bible through in its entirety before in his life and, he, and this year he started the one-year bible and he loved it so much he couldn't put it down he read it in in half of a year that's incredible how, so how do you let god teach you you got to get in the word you've got to get in the in the bible one-year bible is a great way to do it okay all right so he's my inner voice he's my teacher but number three he's my guide my guide my guide my guide Talking about my guide. My God. He's my, yeah, somebody just did a woo. Right. Uh, he's my guide. Now, what does that mean? He leads me. He leads me. And I'm, try, I'm trying to lead you by some still waters here. I'm trying to lead you through some green pastures in this series so, so that you can see how He's your God. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. And some of you are at a crossroads right now. You're in between jobs. Some of you, especially students in the room, you're getting ready to go back to school. You're trying to figure out where, where am I supposed to go to college? What's my career supposed to be? Who am I going to marry? What am I going to do with the rest of my life? What, the, the big questions that we have in life, you're at a crossroads. Can I tell you the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you about that? He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He doesn't want there to be any confusion about that. John 16, Jesus says that when he comes, the spirit of truth, when he comes, he will guide you into all truth. So he's not going to lead you astray. The Holy Spirit's not going to like take you down the backwoods somewhere and be like, <laughs> good luck. That's not him. He wants to lead you in all truth and, and he will not speak on his own, but he'll only say what the father is saying. He'll, he'll speak what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. So he's, he's saying, hey, Keep your eyes open. There's a great opportunity ahead. Hey, I've got purpose for your life. I've got destiny for you. There's something God wants to do in your life. Just lean into this moment, and he's guiding you. He's leading you. In fact, um, he did that for us when we were starting this church three years ago. Uh, he did that for us. We, we moved here, and people were all the time asking us, 
uh, well, why'd you move here? And we said, man, we, want, we moved here to start a church. And they were like, you mean you wanted to move here? That was, that was uh, the first thing they would say. The second thing is, well, why do we need another church, right? Why do we need another church? We got churches on every corner. So when, but before all of that, even before we moved here, we were praying about planting a church and there was a short season where we were kind of like wondering, okay, God, do you want us to plant a church or just take a church over? And we'd, we'd heard of a church here in town that, that was, um, needed a pastor. And so we, we, I submitted a resume and I, I, I just kind of put a fleece out before the Lord. All right, Lord, if, if, if we're not accepted, hey, no big deal, no sweat off my back. I'll take that as your answer for us. And so sure enough, we weren't, uh, we weren't who they were looking for. We weren't credentialed in, in their denomination. So I, I wasn't offended. I'm not hurt by that. But it was, the way, it was God guiding us and saying, no, I don't want you to do that. I have something else for you over here. I have a better purpose, a greater thing that I'm calling you to do. And so he'll lead us. Isaiah says it this way, that whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And in case you didn't know, God was the first Mandalorian. This is the way. Come, come on, walk in, this is the way. Hey, don't go over there. This is how, this is the path. This is what I want you to do. And he'll speak to you. He'll lead you, he'll guide you, he'll teach you. And number four, he, he's my friend. He's my friend. We're good with God. We're good with Jesus. I don't know about, I don't know about the Holy Ghost, though. I don't know about the Holy Spirit. See, he, what he wants for you is to be your friend. But not just a friend. He wants to be your best friend. He wants to, he wants to go with you every step of the way. I love the way Ezekiel says it. I will ask the Father. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ahead of you. I'm sorry. Let's go. Yeah, John 14 says, um, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor. The word counselor is literally parakletos. Parakletos. It, it's the Greek word that just means someone called alongside. That, that God sent someone. Okay, so, so look at this. Jesus is in heaven. God's in heaven. Uh, if I could mess up your theology, Jesus does not live in your heart. It, it, it's not good theology. It's good for a prayer. It's good to help people understand that. But Jesus, the Bible says, is at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. So God and Jesus are in heaven. Jesus is leaving the earth when he's telling his disciples this. He's, he's, he says, I'm going to be gone one day, and I need, I need to send somebody else who can walk alongside you. I've been your friend up until this point, Jesus says, but now I'm going to send somebody else, a counselor, someone to help you, to guide you, to protect you, to intercede for you, to comfort you someone who will give you power and he's going to be with you forever that's the work of the holy spirit in our lives and, and, and it's the paraclete not a parakeet paraclete right and then i love i love this how paul ends his letter uh, to the corinthians so when, when paul would write uh, the new testament it's the new testament to us when he wrote it they were letters to different churches and so he wrote this letter to the corinthian church and he always signed it off with a blessing. And so he says, hey, the amazing grace of the master, that's what I want for you. I also want the extravagant love of God. Those are the two that we're comfortable with. But then he says, I really want the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. 
to be with you, that he's a friend, that he's someone you can count on, he's someone you can talk to, he's someone that you can rely on, that you can relate with, he's someone who's got your back. And so he is, he's who Jesus sent us. It's who the Father sent us until we're reunited with, with them in heaven. Come on, the Holy Spirit is here on earth. Isn't that some good news? That's good news. All right. So, so maybe you're thinking, I, I, I think I'm good with this, Pastor Ben. I, I think I'm okay with all of this. Let me, I, I just need a little bit more time. Well, let me say this. Um, it's, it's an all or nothing with the Holy Spirit. It's same, the same with your salvation. You, you can't just have a little bit. You, you receive him all, or really, really not at all, okay? So, and, and what you need to know is that when you get saved, you're already, you already have the Holy Spirit in you because you can't get saved unless the Holy Spirit draws you, okay? And just, by the way, time out, there's a lot of other theology in the Bible about the Holy Spirit that we cannot get to today. We're just looking at what Jesus said, okay? Jesus said this. And so now we're talking about Paul, uh, and, and I love what he says in Ephesians. He says, don't grieve God. Well, how would I grieve God? He says, don't, don't break his heart. Well, how would I break his heart? How would I grieve him? You would grieve him if you took such a gift for granted. What's the gift? The Holy Spirit who moves and breathes in you. He's the most intimate part of your life making you fit for himself. And when you keep him at arm's length, when you take him for granted, you grieve the heart of God. And that's not what, I don't think any of us want to do. And so, so how do we do it? How do we receive the Holy Spirit? How do we accept his work? How do we accept what he comes to do? The inner voice, the, the, the teacher that he is to us. How do we receive him as our guide? How do we receive him as our friend, I'll give you three, three quick things, three prayers that you can pray. Number one, Holy Spirit, show me. Just ask the Holy Spirit. You can pray to the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? A lot of us, we pray to God the Father in the name of Jesus, but you can pray, Holy Spirit, show me. Holy Spirit, lead me today. Holy Spirit, show me the things in my life that really aren't like you, the things that, that really aren't, you aren't pleased with. And, and Holy Spirit, would you direct my steps? Would you give me wisdom? Would you give me guidance? Holy Spirit, would you open my eyes to things that, that aren't the way you want them to be in my life? And so you just pray that. Holy Spirit, show me. And Ezekiel says it this way, that I will give you a new heart. I'm going to give you a new spirit, and I will remove from you your heart of stone, and I will give you a heart of flesh. So he's going to go from an external God to an internal God, and I will, I will put my spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, capital S, in you, and I will move you to follow my laws and decrees. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be awesome if God gave us someone, if he put someone in our lives that would help us do, to do what he's called us to do? Wouldn't it be awesome if he gave us a resource, if he gave us somebody who would just empower us to follow his decrees? He did. It's the Holy Spirit. He gave, so show me, Holy Spirit, the things that need to change. Show me the things that aren't like you. Psalm 139 says, search me, know me, know my heart, test me, test, uh, know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Show me what needs to change in my life. Number two, Holy Spirit, change me. 
So once you, once you ask him to show you, it won't do us any good if, if we don't pray the prayer, Holy Spirit, change me. I, I don't want to be the way that I am. I, I, I've got some growing to do, Holy Spirit. Will you, will you work on the inside of me? Holy Spirit, change my life. And I think one of the best ways to, to change is to take next steps. How many of you would agree that you've got a next step? Just, just show of hands, you've got a next step. Everybody's got a next step? Well, and I'll just, I'll just level the playing field for us all. We all have next steps. I mean, no matter how long we've been a Christian, no, no matter how long we've been serving the Lord, there is a next step, all right? Uh, you don't have to raise your hand on this one. How many of you would say you have, you have everything the Lord wants to give you? <laughs> Oh, I've got it all. Well, I'm, hey, I'll just I'll take my jacket off, let you come preach, all right? Because I don't have it all. I, I need more of him in my life. I'll go sit out there and be the student. I need him in my life. So change me. How do we change next steps? Today is growth track step one. Some of you have been kicking the tires. You've been looking under the hood, test driving it a little bit. And, and, and you, you kind of like it. You like what you see at City Hope, and you're wondering, how do I get involved? How do I join the church? How do I take next steps? Growth track. And it's happening right after this service in a room called Growth Track. And it's right out in the lobby. You see it. It's going to be right there. It says Growth Track. We'll take, well, we'll, today's membership. Somebody asked me after the service, first service, how do I join the church? Growth Track. Get in, get in the growth track. We'll talk about church membership. We'll talk about who we are. We'll, we'll give you vision for the future. We'll help you discover gifts that God's put inside of you, right? And then some of you, your next step is it's time for you to get baptized. Come on. It's like God has done a work in your life. You've accepted him. You're living for him. But there's the next step for you is to go public with your faith. And so we, today's the first Sunday. We have baptism set up out in the lobby. And we're going to baptize after this service. And, and maybe, maybe every time I talk about baptism, your heart starts beating a little bit faster. You're like, man, I need to do this. Come on, why not today? We've got everything you need. We've got everything from underwear to shirts and shorts, and you don't have to, you don't have, to have a change of clothes with you. you. We've got it all. You get baptized today. Take that next step. And some of you, your next step is to lead a small group. God has done some things in your life and he's brought you to a place that you can now begin to help other people. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, well, I, I've been through so much, so much that I'm, I'm disqualified. That I'm, I'm unqualified. I don't really have what it takes. Come on, that's a lie of the enemy. The Holy Spirit's the one that's putting that nudge in your heart to begin with. And you may feel like, man, I, I used to be an addict. I, there's no way I can lead a small group. Yeah, you're the perfect candidate to lead a recovery group for some other people that are walking through addiction right now. Well, Pastor Ben, I've been divorced, and, and I just don't think God can use somebody like me. Yes, God can use you. You're the perfect candidate to walk through divorce care with other people. Come on. Well, Pastor Ben, I've just walked through some death in my family, and, and, and I'm just in this grieving period. You're the perfect candidate to be leading a, a, a grief group for somebody. Come on. You're, 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 your pain can become a purpose. Your misery can become a ministry for somebody else. I'm preaching right there. Woo! That's good stuff, Pastor Ben. Way to go. Okay. All right. So, thank you. Thank you. No, no, stop. You don't have to. Yeah. No, really, we're, come on, that's the truth. Pain becomes a purpose. Ministry is birthed out of a misery that we walk through in life. You're called to lead a small group. 
Stop by the, the, the small group lounge out in the lobby. Take a right when you go out. You'll see the small group table there. Go online re- the, through the church app and, and register for a group. Take a next step. Number three, Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me. Holy Spirit, fill my life. Now, I got I to gotta hurry here. See, we, we don't have everything the Holy Spirit wants to give us. Ephesians 5.18 says, don't get drunk on wine and don't get i don't want you to get focused on drunk on wine okay you have an issue and whatever your issue is here put it here don't do whatever your issue is because that's going to lead to debauchery it's going to lead you away from god but instead be filled with the spirit be filled with the holy spirit He's going to give you power to overcome, power to trample death, hell, and the grave. He's going to give you power to witness, power to be what he's called you to be. And then it goes on to say in, in the Acts chapter 13 that the disciples were continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me explain something to you. You don't just get filled one time with the Holy Spirit. It's a continual filling. In fact, the translations uh, to be filled means to be filled and keep on being filled over and over and over again because I've got some leaks in my life and there's some parts of my life that that the holy spirit just there's some cracks that i have that the holy spirit he i just need him to fill me up over and over and over again keep on being filled with the holy spirit but i think the biggest hurdle or roadblock block for so many people in when it comes to the holy spirit is the things that you've been told or you've been taught i mean i grew up in a, a church pentecostal church where People just didn't come back. I, they, they, I mean, we were Holy, Holy Spirit and people just never came back because they got, it was weird for them. I don't know why, I mean, it's not even in my notes. I don't know why I'm sharing that, but I think for so many people, you've, somebody told you one time, stay away from them Holy Spirit people because they experienced it in, in really a, a weird packaging. Uh, you stay away from those people. You don't, don't, don't go near those people. Come on, what they're, what they're saying is don't let God in your life. Don't have anything to do with God. Because <laughs> He is. The Holy Spirit. Some of you, you've been turned off by the way people acted. You, you saw a Christian who behaved one way. I mean, they went to church and, man, Holy Spirit, and then, and then Monday through Friday, their, their life did not reflect anything about the Holy Spirit. And then some of you, unfortunately, you've been, you've been hurt by people who made you feel like a second-class Christian because you didn't have the Holy Spirit. You didn't act a certain way, and it made you feel lesser as a Christian. Can I just tell you, I'm so sorry. Here's the thing about being filled with the Spirit is that being filled with the Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. Being filled with the Spirit doesn't make me better than you or you better than anybody else. It makes us better than us. I got issues. You've got issues. We need the Holy Spirit to just show us, change us, fill us amen and would you bow your heads with me today if you're here today and and you would just say pastor ben i need a fresh infilling of the holy spirit today i want to invite the holy spirit to 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 change me to show me to fill me 
I need a fresh, I need wind in my sails, Pastor Ben. I need a, I need a breath of fresh air. If that's you, on the, would you just slip up your hand? Let me pray for you. That's me. I'm, I'm saying I need, a, I need a breath of fresh air. Father, for every hand lifted up, I'm praying for a blast of breath, Lord, a fresh air and wind in their sails, wind in their sails, that they would just come to know you and receive you and a fresh touch of heaven over their lives today, that you would show them, that you would change them, that you would, God, that you would fill them fresh and new, fresh and new. With every head bowed, every eye still closed. Let me, I told you this moment would come. But this moment is for those of you who say, Ben, I, I'm ready to go all in with God. I'm ready to give him my life. Many of you are far from God. There are Christians in this room who are far from God. <laughs> like you know God and you know Jesus, but you're, maybe you're, your life is not really matched up. You're not living for him. And I want to invite you into a real life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit's drawing you right now. And if that's you, your heart's beating, it's racing. You feel that nudge of the Holy Spirit to say, he's talking to you. If that's you, on the count of three, just slip up your hand. One, two, three. I'm ready to go all in. Just lift up your hand right now, all across the room. One, two, three. Who else? Four, five. Anybody else say that's me? Six. Anybody else? Seven. Come on, anybody in the balcony? That's me, Pastor Ben. I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready to receive him as my Lord and Savior. I see you. See in the back. God bless you. I'm proud of you. Come on, y'all. Everybody together, let's say this prayer. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Cleanse me. I receive you as my Savior. Thank you for washing me, cleansing me, giving me a fresh start. I believe you are the Lord, you are the Savior. And I give you my life. From this day forward, I will follow you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank God today. Come on, let's put our hands together for seven people who said yes to Jesus.